Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a new guest of the pod. He, oh, he curates the Instagram page, Kevin Watches Movies. Yeah. And has a blog as, as well. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. I got a website. I haven't I updated website. it in months. Yeah. It's <laughs> Kevin Sluter, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Can I'm I super pumped to be here. Name right. Sluter. Yeah, I it. did. You did it. Uh, cause I'm going to fuck up some other names. Uh, well, no, this one's, this one's pretty straightforward. Today we're here to talk about Blues Brothers 2000, which came yes. out in 1998. Of course it did. Because, you know. <laughs> I would understand if it was 99. Sure. You're like, you're so close. I yeah. understand. But the fuck? Come on. Uh, the screenplay was by Dan Aykroyd and John Landis. Uh, I would say who wrote the music, but it's different. Every song is different. So yeah. we're just going with it. Yeah. Uh, directed by John Landis. And according to IMDb, I hate this. Elwood must reunite the old band with a few new members and go on another, quote, mission from God, end quote. Yeah, so... uh that's not the movie that I watched. Uh, no. I'm, well, <laughs> uh, 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 yes, in a way. Because <laughs> he does reunite the band. He does do that. He does with, do that. And there is a new new members. That there is are new correct. members. But what about the Battle of the Bands? What about... I mean, honestly, I don't understand the point of this movie. Yeah, that. so that is my biggest beef with this movie. Because I, I, I watched the original Blues Brothers, which is a classic. And I started watching this, and I'm like, what hack did they hand off this script to? And I'm like... Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd and John Landis, the people that made the original, like, they totally... We'll get into that in a minute. Well, so you, this is your first time watching this, correct? This is my first time seeing Blues Brothers 2000. I've seen the original several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think you can't have a thing called Kevin Watches Movies if you haven't seen the original Blues Brothers yet. Yeah, it's like uh, standard viewing, you know. It's that Godfather Xanadu. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I haven't seen Godfather Xanadu. How dare. Uh, Uh, (laughs) So, Blues Brothers, 2000. Blues Brothers, 2000. I've seen this before. It's been a minute. So rewatching this, I got the feeling that they basically were like, hey, remember that other movie I did? I, well, pretend I'm Dan Aykroyd. Remember that other movie I did called Ghostbusters? Let's just do the same thing, but like smash together the Blues Brothers. Because watching this movie, the character, Hab, is like, Part of it, but doesn't become actually part of the band until like the third act. And I was like, this this is eerily similar to Ghostbusters. <laughs> and even the remake with Kristen Wiig and Leslie Jones and all them. Because like, you know, you have the person of color, yeah. the only person of color in this movie. And they're there, but they're not there until right. until he needs to be. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, gosh, there's so many better ways they could have approached 
if they wanted to, I get that they want to pay tribute to Cab Calloway mm-hmm. because, you know, of course. But there are so many better ways they could have done that than like estranged, like biological Spot. child who's yeah. just floating out in nothingness. Like, and they called the character Cab. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> named, named after the actor who played his father. Yeah. Was, the character's Cab- name was Curtis, I think. Um, yes, because that's how it works, you know. Yeah. So I get that they want to pay tribute to him. I feel like there's like a hundred better ways they could have done that. Yes. Yes, you're right. Like, what if what if he knows who his biological father is? Is trying to find out more information about him. He's the one that picks up. I'm already Elwood. loving this movie. Right. Like, already loving it. Or it's that he looked up to Curtis. He no relation at all. He different character name entirely maybe still call him cab i don't know but he looked up to curtis and the blues brothers and he loved the blues brothers and he wants to be a blues musician yeah done done but it's like the the whole he's a cop thing is like i guess there's supposed to be that tension there because you know the blues brothers are always running from the police and he's a cop but he wants to be but it's just like (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense at all like No, but oh. it, but surprisingly, I have a shit ton of sharps for this when we get there. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, I love this. Oh, I love it. But, it has like, some great moments, for sure. But, like, overall, I'm just like, what is happening? Like, okay, did it also feel like they wanted Macaulay Culkin for this movie, but he was <laughs> too old? Now that you say it, uh, probably, yeah. I can definitely see that, for sure. Because, like, Dan Aykroyd has worked with him a couple of times um they did what was that one where he dies oh gosh my girl yes they did that i feel like they did another one and like obviously macaulay culkin did home alone because there was a moment where this where buster or whatever the kid's name is does the the scream yeah and i was like did they want i think they wanted a culkin i don't know what they honestly i don't know what they wanted like i think that's part of the problem like there's my my thing with this movie and i don't know like what order we want to talk about all of this in so this we're is jumping just kind of, around just like the just like the editing of this we're gonna just do whatever <laughs> we want just kind of high level right now but yeah. like i don't know how you make this without john belushi truly because like it, it's to me it's one of those things like you know and i'm i'm not like everything is untouchable uh like you know, if if somebody's gonna remake a movie, just do your best, whatever. But like, uh, I feel like having watched the original right before watching this, it's like John Belushi is like the heart and soul of all of it. It feels like because and because El uh, Dan Aykroyd Elwood was the quiet one. He was yeah. the the one who had like the the one liners here and there yeah. and. You know, he would sing the baritone in the songs yeah. or the bass and everything. And John Belushi was the 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 guy. Yeah. The talker. I think that's what, like, you're putting all of this uh, weight on Elwood to carry this movie. And that's just not the character. Like, the character is that quiet and reserved and just, like, uh, you know, he's he's kind of a follower. Like, he's not really a leader. He's kind of a follower. And... I think that's what's weird about this is like like Jake is the is the charismatic leader of the Blues Brothers. 
And the fact that they added a kid, <sighs> I was like, what are we, or is this to bring parent, like have the, the parents who loved Blues Brothers be able to bring their kids to, is that what we're doing? Is that the yeah. idea? And it's like, and it's a PG-13 versus an R rating, like the Blues, original Blues Brothers was yes. an R. Um, so maybe they're trying to get in that younger generation. Um, I did not watch this. My dad loved the Blues Brothers, and I did not watch this movie as a kid. I was actually talking to my dad about it this morning, and he's like, I didn't, I have never seen that. And I'm like, and you're Who like, is this movie for? <laughs> do, do, do you want to like watch them shit on a good movie? Because <laughs> like, it's, it's the same structure. Yeah. They go oh, yeah. from one place to another. Time is whatever. <laughs> um, and then there's the big moment at the end where they have to perform. But also, I was reading that the the pile up, the police car pile up. <laughs> yes. Well, I wasn't reading. I, I listened to How Did This Get Made? And I, I'm stealing this from them. It It's one more car than it was in the original and i was just like but like what's interesting is that uh what i liked about the original car chase is like they're in the mall they're doing stupid yeah. shit and it's yeah a different tone and a different form of comedy and you're like okay 70s comedy great i'm here for this 80s yeah. 70s ooh whatever came out in 80 so they probably made it in 78 okay. 79 yeah so but then watching this one, I was bored during yeah. the the pile up. Yeah, I so like I I love uh, watching police cars pile up. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't. So here's my thing about the comedy of this movie. What's funny about the original Blues Brothers is they play everything straight. Like they mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher blows up a building, and they literally get up, dust themselves off, and just go on about their business. Yes, And just like, that's why it's funny because it's like, they're just so unfazed by everything. So they're getting chased by all these police. And like the end of the movie is like the last half hour of the original blues brothers. Like, I don't think I stopped laughing because it's just, once they leave the theater, it's just one ridiculous thing after another. You've got the car chase, the military shows up, they're beat. They've the firemen show up and they chop down the doors to the tax office in Chicago (laughs) And it's just like there's all these police and like military people running up the stairs. It's just like hilarious. It's a yes. But in this, it's like the police are chasing Elwood. Why? Because uh he's I guess he stole five hundred dollars from Cab. And the and kidnapping. Oh, that's right. They but, were chasing but, him for kidnapping. But you have the Illinois State Police in Louisiana chasing yeah. him. And you're like I'm pretty sure you should just be like, hey, Louisiana State Police, like, look out for this guy. Yeah. And it's like, I'll forgive some realism, you know, because it's, which let's talk about in a, in a minute. The We're going to put a pin on the magic. Oh, my gosh. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's so unrealistic. They're following these guys all the way across the country that like my suspension of disbelief is broken because I know that the police can't do that. And so, like, they would have to call the other state agencies to get them to chase them. If they were FBI, that would be a different story sure. entirely. I think I would buy that more. Yeah. Because you're because to me, I mean, 
I may look it, but I don't know everything about the police force. <laughs> but I feel like the FBI can like go anywhere. There is yeah. no like real like, oh, we're the New York FBI or we're the the Seattle FBI. They they're just like, no, we're the FBI. We're gonna go wherever we need to go. So if Cab was FBI, I would be like, I would buy it again yeah. more. <laughs> we're trying to make this movie better, it sounds oh. like. <laughs> <laughs> what frustrates me about so when this releases, I'm doing. I'm gonna do. We can talk about this later, but I'm gonna do a John Landis week. So everybody will have my review will be out. You can Woo! see it then. Yes. And so maybe a little bit of a spoiler. This one's a two out of five for me, and the reason a two That's out so of generous of you. <laughs> the reason a two out of five for me is sometimes more frustrating than a one out of five is because it's like, oh, if you had just done like three or four things different it would have been like a solid movie and it's just okay. like these little things like like the police force like cab's motivation like there is no mission from god here that does not like the first movie they're on their mission from god they they're going to get the band back together so that they can save the orphanage like that's their mission from god right this there is no mission like I he just I, wants to get the band back together. Yeah, because he he leaves he, when he leaves prison at the beginning, and Frank Oz has to tell him. Oh, so, like they start off hot with the with the guest stars, and Frank Oz has to tell him silently. Well, he whispers in his ear, but like we the audience don't hear him. Be like, hey, by the way, Jake is dead. Like you think he's been in prison for however many years? Eighteen. You'd think they'd be like, oh, by the way, your brother died. Right. They were in jail together at the end of the first movie. I, I got I don't have I don't have an answer for that one. It's it's also just like, why, 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 why? <laughs> why? This 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 is where I get with like this this level of movie because it's like you have John Landis, who in all rights is a legendary comedic filmmaker with like coming to America and the three amigos and uh gosh, what was this? Spies like us. These are all like classics. Uh-huh. And still and you know, I do wanna <laughs> I do wanna point this out because I have like the film knowledge that I have too. Uh <laughs> he may have also killed somebody on one of his movies. Ha ha. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so <laughs> you can definitely see where his career takes uh a gosh, every pun i just thought of it was a- an accidental pun because i believe they died in a helicopter crash it was yes uh so i'm just gonna reset and rethink <laughs> rephrase what i'm gonna say but a tailspin uh, it, it was yeah. a tailspin yes <laughs> a nosedive um, yeah um so anyway yeah i i remember reading a quote about um steven spielberg like because it was on the uh twilight zone movie yeah yeah and he was like, I'm never working with John Landis again because he was very flippant about this. And that that that's scene. also the thing, too. Like, it happened and he's not, he wasn't really that apologetic about it. Yeah. Um, from what I've read. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to no. derail you, but I was just no, like, no, no. this is the only chance I'm going to probably get to, like, Flex my cinema knowledge of yeah, no, John no, no. Landis. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. 
I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it's like this this is kind of his opportunity to like get back into the the spotlight because like just like uh I'm just got to pull it up right now looking through his IMDb it's like between uh I haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop 3 but that's uh the only real noticeable credit he has after well, so he I mean, he did Twilight Zone, and then right afterwards, it was the Michael Jackson Thriller video, which is a masterpiece. Yeah, not, yeah. I, I hate that I love it because of him. But then he has... Okay, so Spies Like Us, Three Amigos also came out, and Coming to America all came out after. Mm-hmm. And then the 90s is just... I've never heard just, of any of these movies. Just nonsense. Until Blues Brothers 2000 in 1998. Right. So it's like... This is kind of his chance to get his career back on track. And I think it's like, <laughs> just misses the target big time. And I think maybe Blues Brothers is the outlier because like Three Amigos is goofy. Spies Like Us is goofy. Kind of those. I mean, the dude literally has a movie called Schlock. Like that is what that is what he does. So maybe Blues Brothers is the outlier, like the original. But, like, this is just so goofy. It's just, like... Yeah. It, it's nonsense is what it is. And, like, you know, I got space for nonsense, but... Right, but it seems like they're trying too hard to be like, hey, guys, remember everything you loved about the first one? Remember Aretha Franklin? Yeah. Well, we, we have her at gunpoint singing Respect. <laughs> Come on. She, she, a lot of these people did not want to be there. You no. can tell. Yeah. James Brown, they're like, oh, James Brown is here. And it's like, he's there for like, he sings like two lines and then is gone. But then, then he has, he has the post credit song. Did you watch that? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't stick around for the post credits. I turned that off as soon as I could. <laughs> there's a song called Please, Please, Please that he sings. Okay. Where there's some random woman who was like, we're done. And then he sings Please, Please, Please to her and <laughs> Elwood and... Uh, John Goodman are there too with a bunch of other people from the church. Oh man. It's dumb. <laughs> it's it, dumb. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad. I missed but, that. But he also was just like, give me the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I wonder how old James Brown was at that point. But I, uh... I no, but like in like, uh, what was it? What is the song? Uh, John, the revelator. Yeah. They sing it. You can tell he's like, I'm I'm here. Just give me my money and right. I'll, I'll I'll give you like 10 percent. Aretha yeah. in some shots is like, I'm going to give you 5 <laughs> percent. Just here for the paycheck. Just, just like here for the paycheck. Just cash it out. And then they get the Louisiana Gator Boys, which isn't a real band, obviously, but is no, made but up it's of all... some of the greatest blues and all stars of all time yeah all star like i could list the names but we'll be here for 20 minutes and we'd be <laughs> just tripping over like like all of a sudden I, the the one that kind of surprised me was billy preston is there <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's also there's a bunch of other surprises too but like billy preston the the most surprising one to me for some reason is travis tritt i'm like bb uh-huh. king eric clapton Travis Tritt. All right. Isaac Hayes. Hey, you know, Isaac Hayes. I get down with some Isaac Hayes. I, yeah. <laughs> but BB King plays another character. 
he does he does i think a lot of those people are playing themselves just like a lot of the blues brothers band are playing themselves bb king had a previous scene that i totally blacked out and then when when they're like oh i started a blues band you're like i'm sorry who are you again besides bb king right He's the uh, he's the car salesman at the beginning the, of the yes. movie. Yes. Yeah, I had to like, like scrub back and be like, "Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that oh guy. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the magic now? Oh my gosh, dude, the magic is like I don't understand why it's there. I don't get it. Any of it? No. They had the humor with the the uh, nun. Sorry, Mother Mary. Yes, um, that's a promotion. Well, and that like, made me laugh. That made me laugh. That was a funny that made joke. me that made me laugh every time that she opened up whatever that thing, is, like the little <laughs> just the stick, stick. Just, yeah. Every time the stick just like elongated. Yeah. I, done. Laughing my ass off. <laughs> but then we get to Erica Badu. Like we're jumping all the way towards the end, and I'm like, why is she a voodoo goddess? Why is she 130 years old? Why why does she turn them into zombies? Right. Like, what does this add to the story? And even before that, like, there's like cab floats off in the space because like, oh, my God, <laughs> I I can't, I, you know, you got to like, it is a sequel. So like the the original is relevant. And so like when John Belushi gets his message from God, he just gets hit by a ray of light and then he starts dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cab receives his message from God and literally floats into space <laughs> and they all look up like in awe and then nobody <laughs> says a word afterwards nobody's like dude you just flew into the sky and did a costume change <laughs> that's the best part he comes down in the blues like god has bestowed upon him the black suit i'm not hat. gonna i'm not gonna lie the john the revelator when it happens like there you have great numbers yeah like that's one i i like uh six three four five seven eight nine uh what is it riders in the sky oh yeah never heard of that song so when john goodman was like riders when they're because they're the bluegrass brothers <laughs> i was like cool i guess you all know this one song that not everyone in the world knows <laughs> even that's a call back to like first movie when they're in the uh the country and western bar and they're like i don't know rawhide and they just play the <laughs> the theme song for rawhide so that's all they know but it's like yeah and the, and the riders in the sky they summon a storm do you think that the cgi people the skeletons riders oh help in any way or is it just i was it's like just, why it's i it, maybe um maybe they owed the because it looked very similar to like the ghost from Ghostbusters, so maybe they still owed that team some money and were like, "Hey, you guys want to? You can want to do this." Uh, and they're is, like, eh, okay. "This is sounding more and more like my theory at the top of the episode, hey. where they just were like, let's do Ghostbusters, but make it Blues Brothers.'" Like, <laughs> I didn't think about it until you said that, and now I'm kind of seeing the thread here. I'm, I think well, there's a conspiracy at foot. Because it was, it was, I think it was when John the Revelator happened. And I was like, so, oh, right. This is how he gets to be part of the Blues Brothers. Because I remember, you know, he's there. And um, I think I, I mean, I watched Funky Nassau a couple of times on YouTube outside of this movie. Because it's a great, it's a great song. I love yeah. it. 
But when he descended in the, when cab descended in the blues brothers suit and everything and sunglasses and everything i was just like they literally took a page out of ghostbusters <laughs> god damn it you know he just did a superhero uh change and now he's a blues brother <laughs> uh oh, but god. yeah the the I, I i just didn't understand the magic i didn't either um so let's go back a little bit and talk about because she she demonstrates her magic on two other groups, the Russian mob and uh, the Confederate guys. Yeah, yeah the neo Nazis uh, in a way. Yes. Uh, which, gosh, I I do love that. I love that the in the original movie they were Nazis, and in this movie they're Nazis, but instead of Nazis, they're just Confederate. Uh, they're Nazis. <laughs> They're, 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 they're Nazis. They're I'm, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. They're not it's the same thing. It's the same. But because like <laughs> watching it too, I'm like, this is so apropos for today. People yeah. still think this way. Oh my gosh. When the dude starts, uh, oh yeah. When he starts talking about his conspiracy theories, I'm like, oh, the only thing that's changed is these people have a platform now. Like in social, social media. media. <laughs> it's like, oh had- gosh. We had there was somebody in power who would go to Twitter and <laughs> almost start World War Three. Oh man, this uh yeah, so it's kind of yeah, it was kind of scary. Uh, but but it was it was like funny, sad, like yeah. Uh, and it was like Daryl, okay, Daryl Hammond, you're trying, <laughs> you're, you're trying so hard. This is also another Lauren Michaels joint. I'm assuming. I think I saw him as a producer on this. Obviously, because Blues Brothers started on SNL, and yeah. so they had a lot of other SNL folk. Sure. I think. I mean, Daryl Hammond is really the only one that's coming to mind. I can't think of anyone else. who Was Was on- John Goodman ever on SNL? I don't know, because he was on uh, 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 Roseanne. Mm, yeah, you're right. He ho- I th- He must have hosted a couple of times. I'm sure he has. But, like, yeah. I mean, I- John Goodman... See, his he has a storyline, his character. He, he does. Because he starts as the barman, and then as, like, doing a favor for Elwood, he's like, let me sing with you. And then you're like, cool, I under, I'm under, i following this. We we shot on Cab's storyline, but I was like, I, we see something. Buster's just there. But he's just there, yeah. He's just that- there. He's just there to, and the, the one thing that I really just hoped is that he was silent until that moment when the car is out of gas and Elwood is just like giving up. And then he has to give like the motivational speech. I was like, I wish this was your, your first line. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been solid. Like he's just totally silent. Like he becomes the Elwood character in a way. Yeah, that, well, that wasn't good. Let's fix I mean, this movie, man. We got, we got this. Just give, give us the script. We'll, well, because it's in this whole thing. It seemed like that's what they wanted. They, they were like, this kid is, is you. Like when you were at the orphanage. Yeah, I mean, they're it. it it's not like they're, they, they're not subtle with that. <laughs> no, it's pretty on the nose, and such a weird storyline anyway, because it's like the nun. They call her the penguin in the first one, which I think is funny. I love her. She just gives this kid to a felon <laughs> for, for two hours. 
at first that turns into like a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, here, take this kid, mentor him. Like, why? 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 Like, uh, I'm all about, you know, second chances and stuff, but uh, Elwood has, I think, can, you know, more than proven what his character is. Didn't he say he had like five felony charges? Yeah. When He's Cap like, pulls his name up, yeah, it's just like ding, 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 ding. It just keeps like hitting for him, and it's just like, well, because well, that, and then also when he calls into the radio station to bring in those guys that were part of the band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So dumb. <laughs> this movie makes no sense. Zero Z- sense. Zero. Okay, we kind of talk. Let's talk more about the songs because that's what we okay. do here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. That's what. That's what we're really here for. Because like. The acting and scene work and all that is just whatever. I'm really, I'm really more interested in the songs, because like you've got, okay, so again Aretha singing "Respect," which is great, but I think she was just like, you have a day, yeah. and that's all you're giving you, <laughs> but but also I don't want to be here, but I'm contractually obligated to be here because <laughs> I like money. Yes, that was great. Um, just to see Aretha, you know, she's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I think I think a five percent Aretha is still better than like a hundred percent of most people. Uh, in terms of just yes, <laughs> vocal ability. It's great that they had her re-record it because it, I think it would be weird if she was doing like the original recording, but it was 1997 or eight, whatever, whenever yeah. they actually filmed this yeah. Aretha Franklin. So it was, it was nice to see her. And I mean, she's probably also just like bored with singing respect. <laughs> right. She's probably singing that song 40,000 <laughs> times by this point. Yeah. But then we get to eight, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, which I think is an original song for the movie. Oh, is it? I, I mean, think. I've never heard it before. I've never heard. I've only heard it in this context, where it's a phone sex line, <laughs> and I was watching this. So I think I told you this. I work in costumes, so I pay. I pay a little more attention to costumes and things like that. And the styling of this number is bonkers because <laughs> everyone, all the phone sex operators, are in loud prints, <laughs> like everyone. <laughs> everyone is in a print i'm like give me a give me just give me a solid color i just want one solid <laughs> like, like you got stripes <laughs> you got cats you've got polka dots you got this you got and um and like you've got like moos. you've got you know women in blouses and things like i'm just like what is happening in this Gosh. but like the choreography is great it goes yeah well <laughs> it's a lot of fun like it's a fun goofy song I think it should have not been fun. Well, so like you could tell that the people are bored in the face, yes. but like, you know, they're sitting on the desk doing six, three, four, <laughs> <laughs> which is just a good time. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's that's, that's a fun song. And um, I think it's just hilarious that it, it seems like which band members That's Murph. No, he's the, is the keyboard player, right? Yes. So whoever that is, and he's, t- I think he's totally oblivious to what his job actually is. And I think that's hilarious. That was a funny, that was a, that scene was good. That was a funny scene. Yes. And that was, and this is, and it was like this, you're getting it. Yeah. But it feels like also with the humor, 
they were just stuck in the 70s. Yeah. They were like, all this work, all this worked in the first one. It's gonna be fine in this one. And you're like, but mm. it's not funny. The no. car pile up scene was great. And that was the original thing. Do something different. Yeah. Like you said, Carrie Fisher blew up a building. You yeah. Blow up. I mean, this is still pre 9 11. So blow up all the buildings you want. But yeah. Any buildings are fair game. Um, How did you feel, though, about John the Revelator being in the movie twice? That kind of threw me off a little bit. I thought it was really an interesting song choice for the opening of the movie. I really liked that because it was like a acapella thing, right? Like yes. it was just somebody singing. Um, had this really kind of emotional tone to it and kind of has this like, uh, you know, there's this like prophetic language about it um, that I think is an interesting setup for these characters who wear all black and are just like, kind of these bringers of destruction but it doesn't really go that way i mean it kind of does but not not in the way that you think it should or or will so it's like i feel like they should have gone with one or the other there's a bajillion gospel songs they could have chosen to sing yeah for either yeah for either i mean it it worked out great in the revival church moment yeah and like that choreography is bonkers in a good oh, way. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, why is this in here? Because I, uh, I sent you the list and everything. Yeah. And I think it's wrong. It's wrong because there's there's music that they perform in universe, and then there's the non diegetic, you know, for us yeah. the audience who are watching it. And so to have the first John the Revelator be the acapella one singer i was waiting for somebody and there was nobody there singing it and so i was just like okay and then you know you jump an hour into the movie and they do it again with the choir and i'm like why is it here why are we repeating it yeah it's like there's so many songs you could chose from why the same one twice and it's you know it's just one of many like it's it's that's why it's so frustrating because it's like this is just a little thing you could have changed. You could have picked any song. You got the entire, like, I'm sure Universal has access to whatever they want in terms of music licensing. You could have picked anything and you right. picked the same song twice. And like a lot of, and like a lot of gospel songs are, are there, there is no copyright. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like. Just like, you know, make your own arrangement and you're good. Yeah. Just like whatever. Uh, so you said that you gave this a two out of five. Two out of five it means I didn't like it. Why two? Like what made it get two instead of one? I think the music selection alone is worth like half a star. Okay. Because it's the music is just phenomenal. And I think I saw that the uh, album for that was released with the movie uh, was certified gold. So like, oh shit, you know, yeah. I mean, you know. So they sold a lot of records uh, for a movie. <laughs> I mean, is... I bought I bought the CD. I'm not going to lie. Hey, I, you know, the music is great. The I mean, they, great. That, that's like the no bullshit. One positive thing I will say about this. Great. Yeah. music. I mean, if you like if you like blues, you'll be hard pressed to find a better collection. However, I will say at points we've talked about Aretha Franklin, but even the Blues Brothers band 
it looked like they were also there at gunpoint and like <laughs> what i don't want to play this or the the all-star the louisiana gator boys they were just like not convincing that yeah. they were playing there and i'm like this is what you do for a living and you've clearly have filmed music videos or you've done concerts or you've done filmed events like why why do you look bored why am i not believing you that you're a musician <laughs> so it's it's funny that you keep saying that they were they felt like they were there at gunpoint because they they weren't uh but they kind of were and like you know how elwood gives his like big speech at the end i'm trying to find the the person's name but he lists off all the people that they need to do this for oh robert k weiss yes, yes. robert k weiss and the guy goes who's robert k weiss uh that was the producer that convinced Aykroyd and landis to finish the film <laughs> yes. yes so yeah it does it does feel like they're there at, at gunpoint because they kind of they kind of were <laughs> but then you get Erica Badu, who feels very natural and like, yeah, she's having she's having fun. So yeah. I'm enjoying the scene and I'm having fun. Johnny Lang, who plays the janitor in eight sixty four five seven eight nine, like that's actually him singing. He's an actual performer. He's a that's blues awesome. musician. I thought they dubbed him because I was like, <laughs> who's this random dude? Yeah. Who's this random white? This random skinny little white guy who. <laughs> That doesn't sound like him. <laughs> like somebody else entirely. But yeah, the oh god, this movie. <laughs> it's something. Oh, so so you said that the music. What else made gave what? What was the other one point five stars? <laughs> uh, I think it's just like there's just enough laughs. I I kind of reserve one star movies for like. Like, this is just, uh, so as an example, the latest Matrix movie, I'm like, this movie is just the laziest, you know. Thank you. It's so bad. It's like. Thank you. I've argued with people about that movie. And I was just like, (laughs) guys, it's not good. Yeah. So it's stuff like that that's just like so bad that there's nothing redeemable about it. Just like. Did you know. Erica Badu earn a, a 0.5 stars for this? Erica Badu definitely gets at least a quarter of a star. Okay, good. She's good. she's gr- she's great in this movie. No, you yeah, I, I, and I'm not. I, I'm I'm trying to be funny, but I was also like, no, she's actually sells she's, that scene. She's one of the best, like most genuine performers in this movie. It felt like, and especially like not an actor. Yeah, like yeah. just. A, like i mean yes she's done music videos so there is some sort of acting involved in that but like she's not dan Aykroyd, and dan Aykroyd also was just like there (laughs) john goodman carried most of this movie which like john goodman i I know you want to talk about the music and i i keep no we will go wherever we're just riffing yeah. Uh, this well, this is like that gator boys well i was gonna say this is like that scene <laughs> that cuts back to the police station and you're like what i don't un- <laughs> what 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 is happening oh gosh uh but john goodman is such like a like a hit or miss i don't know this was probably in the midst of roseanne right so like he's people are like oh, i know who john goodman is mm-hmm. um this is this pre or post Lebowski? 
This is probably post. Like, I think like just post. Yeah, it came out in the same year. So it's like sometimes John Goodman, John Goodman at his best can act with anybody. Like mm-hmm. John Goodman in The Big Lebowski, John Goodman in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Amazing. Can't touch him. John Goodman here, I think, gives like a like a B minus. Like, it, but it was, but at least it looks like he's trying. Yeah, he does seem like he's trying. I I will give him that. He does like put all the effort in. Yeah, and uh, and Dan Aykroyd know, is just like I'm. Don't want to do this. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's mind is off in space somewhere. Robert K. Yeah. Weiss, help me. <laughs> <laughs> he's worried about his vodka brand and or is it vodka? Uh, yes yes something vodka yes okay (laughs) um also i just want to note in the how did this get made episode of this they focus a lot on the stripster club and that is the name of it that it i i didn't mispronounce i i watch movie i watch movies these days with subtitles and even in the subtitles it's stripster so I, I just saw that in my notes, you know, what the hell is a stripster club? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, I, I, did they not want to say stripper because it's PG-13? I guess. And it's still like you have, uh, you know, definitely women clad in outfits that are pushing the boundaries of PG-13. So it's like, so again, like, what are, what are, like, what are we doing here? What are we trying to accomplish? Like you want an R-rated movie that's, pg-13 is is what it seems like basic and like a cash grab because yeah they were like hey the blues brothers made so much money so let's do the same thing let's get let's get this younger crowd in let's bring in all these new people let's bring in blues traveler and kind of make fun of them let's yeah. bring in erica badu and she's gonna be great let's bring in uh, let's make an all-star band who half of them do not want to be here <laughs> and let's have fun yeah let's do it uh kevin is there anything else you want to talk about though before we get into sharp and flat oh my gosh uh i think i've ranted enough about all this oh we're gonna have some more rants oh yeah (laughs) the the ranting is not yet done all right let's get into it shall we sharp flat so in this section we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it if we liked it it's sharp and if we didn't like it or thought it could change it's flat and like i said i have more sharps than flats surprisingly that's excellent we kind of shit on this movie let's end on a high note let's start with flats though okay um so i'm gonna go first with my flats go go for it um first i flatted the sequel remake of it all (laughs) because i was just like guys do you do do a new story do something new i get the band back together great but like just do something different um the editing is bonkers total flat uh another again i flatted the acting of most of the band members because oh that that was the thing it didn't seem like in the 20 so years from the first one to this one they didn't take an acting class no no so they're, they're there just like yeah we're gonna we're gonna play the band we're gonna, <laughs> i'm gonna play play my instrument oh no, it's elwood yeah and i was like inflection there was there's that one guy 
I don't know his name. He's the one with like the silver hair and a ponytail. Yeah. Like he's giving it. He's the one that you're like, <laughs> yes, I want. Why can't all of you be like him? Get it. Ugh. I also flattered how Elwood found out about Jake because I was just like, it's so weird. And like, I get it's great that everyone is like, I heard about your brother. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it started sounding. I know this is, you know, uh, almost 20 years before this movie came out, but it felt like Wakanda forever in a way (laughs) where it's like, oh, yeah, Cap Calloway and John Belushi are dead. So we have to fill these voids. Yeah. (laughs) In a sequel that nobody wants to be in. Right. In a role that was so iconic of John Belushi's career. Yeah. Like, it's like that and the samurai. When you think of John Belushi. Oh, know? I think I think of Animal House. Oh, yeah. Animal House. Yeah. Um, sure. And then and then my last flat Ooh. is the magic. None of the magic it. makes me want to blow a gasket. Even the magical realism where like there's that there's that one shot where Elwood is in the car i don't know how but he's in the car (laughs) i was like i get it you're trying to be funny but i'm also just like how are you in this fucking car (laughs) now i'm really like oh where is your body how did you do this i'm i'm intrigued if this can actually happen it can't spoiler alert it has to make sense within the movie like and it doesn't it doesn't make sense within the movie because we have a whole other movie that existed before this where there's no magic and all of a sudden there's magic there's the one scene where the nun floats away i kind of interpreted that as them like they're that's like a in, dream or yeah, in their heads it appears as if she's floating away she's not actually hovering i feel like if they only had the cab transformation i think i would be fine because yeah. i would be like that's funny he's going through the tent he's yeah seeing god literally he, he's like i understand costume yeah. change great and then it's still like a metaphorical kind of thing you know like that's they're yeah. just that's the visual representation of what they're experiencing yeah because then because then i guess i could also justify it like how you justify the floating nun like oh you know why nobody reacts to it because like he's just coming to terms with himself and this is you know, this isn't real. This right. Is... He's not actually floating away. He's just right. like, that's how he's feeling. And they're just like, yes, expressing and, and, that through. This. And then, like, clearly he's changing somewhere, or like, you know, somebody put the suit jacket on him. And they, and then the, in another scene, he's all of a sudden in the, yeah. 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 Sure. But all, but all of this people magic. into rats is like, what? Turning people into the rats. Also, the, the, skeletons <laughs> that they summon they summon them and the storm uh that they summon because they have magic powers now they are storm from the x-men and oh now oh i also want to flat it this is going to sound weird but let me explain i'm going to flat the russians in the movie because <laughs> i don't know if it's one big family or if it's two separate families that they piss off. Cause there's oh, the, yeah. there's the strip club Russians and then there's the funeral Russians. And I think the funeral Russians is the ones that follow them throughout the movie. Because yeah. the strip club ones, they 
comic cartoonishly crash their car and that's the one where they step out of it and they're like he just broke my watch and i'm like yeah okay whatever but me personally i'm like which russian family <laughs> are you or who are yeah. you right so it's that... more so the confusion about the russian family as opposed to the russians themselves let me i want to state that before people start yelling at me who <laughs> will because this inevitably will be the one that they start yelling at me at <laughs> uh kevin what were your flats my flats look i'm a story guy like story is everything and this is such a bland boring story that like nothing happens there there has to be a call to action and in the first movie, the call to action is we have to save the orphanage. Let's do one good thing with our lives and save this orphanage. In this movie, it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I literally know nothing else in my life. And so let's get back, the band back together. It was first he needed a, needed the car. Yeah. Okay. Why? Sure, you need a car. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's the first thing you need to do is get a car. You just got out of jail. After 18 years. Why, why do you need the car? I understand, you know, uh, stealing the wallet and get needing for the money because you need the money. And, you know, the kid is just there and he's now your accomplice because, hey, kindred <laughs> spirit. But like, why do we need the car? Start there. Yeah. So it just gets off on the wrong foot. And it's like the person that picks him up from jail is a stripper from his drummer's strip club. Like, that's the best we could come up with. Uh, it's just not the drummer himself or one of these other bandmates who went to jail for you or, you know, rewriting the whole thing. Wait, so they all went to jail, but, yes. like, when did they get out? <laughs> they they must have got, obviously, uh, shorter. Because they do reference it, like Aretha Franklin to the guitar player. is like, you said I when you got out of jail again. I you blacked wouldn't. that out. I blacked <laughs> that out. Because yeah, so I was like, Aretha, you cl I know you don't want to be here. <laughs> so they did serve time, and they are in the ending scene in the first movie in the jail. And so we don't know how long they were in jail. But it's safe to assume, you know, a couple years, probably. So, like, right. you went to jail for these guys, and you're sending some rando stripper to pick him up from jail. It's just like... How did you even know he got out of jail? I don't even know who she is. Like she's just one of the strippers. That's no, it. no, I mean like the actress. Oh, the performer. I like, like if that if that was like Aaliyah or like right, you know, like a some famous other... like a can't like it's just a way to sneak in another cameo. Yeah, I get yes. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, if if that happened, I would be like, okay, cool, I understand this, but like I don't know who this person is as a actress <laughs> right yeah so it's just so like meh yeah i'm trying to meh. find Sh <laughs> uh shan johnson hasn't really been in a lot so like this is this is like one of her biggest things that she's been in and that's sad <laughs> <laughs> but like you know if it if it was like just somebody else just another another musician that you're like great you're you get this bit part awesome yeah, she doesn't even have her picture on nope. <laughs> IMDb. She's got uh, a behavioral science degree, so good for her. Great. She's got a real person job. Uh, <laughs> what other flats do you have? The magic, of course, is just so... Which, again, like, the the story 
is the biggest flat, all encompassing. Uh, and then the magic within that is just so like nonsensical in a movie full of nonsense. It is the most nonsensical thing in the entire movie. That's amazing. like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. That was a, a horrible story choice to add that in there. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Sharps now. We're going to be a little <laughs> more positive and everything. Oh, take a breath. Take, take a breath. breath. Um, first Sharp, Mother Mary. Love her. Mm, I'm great. so glad she came back. She delivered a thousand percent. Yes. And every, every second she's on film or camera or whatever I want to say. Owning everything. Um, I also want to Sharp the Ridgeway sisters, which were Aretha's friends and backup mm. singers because they were also selling basically i'm shopping people who are selling things to me selling selling the movie to me uh yes. like erica badu super sharp for her yeah. um Johnny I, Wang. yeah i want to sharp 100%. the dance break of john the revelator Mm. um i also want to sharp buster's quote apartment this is how i wrote it in the in the trunk of the car i still want to <laughs> do that it's th- see that is magical realism that like i don't need an explanation i'm like this is funny i get it i'm i'm here for it because it's a nice little joke and it can never happen and we're gonna move on like <laughs> this is great because he has like a little bed and a dresser and i'm like this is no <laughs> Yeah, classic. In, like that's in, funny. In that car, it can't exist. But you know what? I believe it. Yeah, I want it. Okay, this is so dumb. Uh, I want to also sharp. This is how I wrote it down. The guy walking the crocodile slash alligator. I don't know which one it is, <laughs> but there's a. But when we go to Erica Badu's mansion castle, I don't know there. There's a guy walking a crocodile or alligator. And I was just like, this is, again, this is just so random. I love it. I love it here. <laughs> and then the I want to show the following performances. Uh, 6345789, Riders in the Sky, A Cowboy Legend, and Funky Nassau. Yes, we shout on Riders in the Sky. It's still a great song. And like that one was a great moment for the lack of story that we have. <laughs> Cause, cause like they have to be undercover as a different band and they somehow summon rain and they escape. So, and I was just like, this is, I I'm loving all of this and the song. I'm not a bluegrass person. I love that song. Yeah. It's, it's a great performance. Uh, um, what, what about you? What are your sharps? Okay. Can I add one more flat? You can add as many flats as you want. Okay. I just have one more. And it's uh the they don't play the Blues Brothers walk up song. The dun 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 dun. Yeah, they don't play that when they when they at the Battle of the Bands, and that really bothered me. Oh. I mean, they were zombified, so they couldn't have walked up anyway. Right, but the it's the 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 three guys are zombified. The musicians could yes. still fucking play they it. Could, they could have just played it and been like, "Why aren't they doing anything?" You know, like wait, did they play it in the movie at all? Yes, the car chase. Yeah, yeah. The car pile up. Oh, and I do I do want to sharp the the um how do I want to word this? Cuz I wrote down the car stunts but I don't want to sharp the pile, pile up. I want to sharp like <laughs> the the uh the person who had to like park parallel park the car but like in a in a circular motion. You yes. know? Yes. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also funny and great. Yes. Um, they did that several times too. And, yes. Uh, and you know. that's what I want to sharp. I want to just sharp that part. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, what are your sharps? My sharps, the music in general, broadly, excellent soundtrack. Uh, just all, just top to bottom, bangers only, as the kids say. As the uh, kids do say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically, the blues don't bother me because it's a Matt Murphy song, and Matt Murphy is the guitar player, and I appreciate that they used one of his songs. So I liked that. Um, I liked the ones that you mentioned. Riders in the Sky is is a, is a great song. Yes. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, all of the Erica Badu songs. Oh, she do one she or did, two. She did Funky Nassau, and then she was part of. Um, at the end, they did some sort of weird curtain call. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, which I believe was checking on my baby. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I, I literally just watched it like three days ago and I'm like, <laughs> I've already scrubbed it from my memory. Uh, <laughs> as, as I think a lot of people did and I will do at some point, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's just gonna be gone. And then all of a sudden just I'll be gone. like, Oh, blues brothers, 2000. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was a thing. Um, there are some like excellent throwback jokes uh like the nun smacking elwood with the stick is will never not be funny um at, even though it's not as good the cars piling up is still kind of funny to me um because they're just like ramping through the air like there's oh, like this fly yeah it's, I mean, yeah, it's just like it's so goofy supposed to fly is yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'll I'll give I'll give that a sharp. I love that they beat the original movie's car destruction total by one, like because that was obviously intentional. That's and so I I love that they knew how many cars they crashed in the first movie and said, okay, we will we've got to beat that record because that was the record at the time. And yeah, and so, I think this is the record still. I don't think there's anything else that's beat it. According to IMDb, GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra beat it which is just boring because it's just like a generic action movie. It's like, okay, you crush the most cars. Good job. Well, so when they do blues brothers, 30, 20, and that, oh. I'm only coming up with that number randomly, which, <laughs> I, which I hope it's just Buster and hit and he brings it. <gasps> That's a good idea. Oh, I'm on. Am I on to something accidentally? Okay. Dan Aykroyd and John Landis cannot touch this project at all. No, they can be producers, but like, just give us your money and and yeah. give us permission to do this. So it'll be this. Buster because he's now an adult. Yes, and we're gonna have to find out, give him a mission, maybe find his parents. Ooh, because huh? he's an orphan. Maybe, maybe like a a weird reversal, Annie. Hmm. hmm. And then maybe it turns out that they are musicians or were music they have to be like dead or something or di- or separated i don't know how does he become an orphan hmm could it be carrie fisher oh which which will is tie he the in... son is he the son Maybe. of of jake and carrie fisher no no, he's no. I'm 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 making a bold face lie to you right now because the first one came out in eighty, you said, and this one came out in ninety eight, and he's supposed yes. to be ten in nineteen ninety eight. So yeah, 
We can't do that. Okay, we'll fi- we'll workshop. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure it out. Uh, what other sharps do you have? Mm. Or is that it? That might be it. Uh, would you add any of the songs from the movie to your life's playlist? Ooh, that's a great question. So I have I so with this, it's more so like you. Bu- let's say you bought the album. Which ones yes. are you going to listen to? Ooh. For me, I wrote down respect. Uh, mm. six three four five seven eight nine. Riders in the Sky, A Cowboy Legend, and Funky Nassau, which every once in a while I do dust off this album and I do play <laughs> these songs. Hey, so that's awesome. Yeah. I think John the Revelator is kind of like a the acapella one. Okay. At the beginning of the movie. It's just kind of like a... Is it, is this, yeah. You know, just a, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I don't even know what he's saying. It's just like, yeah. I, whatever is fine by me, you know. John the Revelator. That's all I got because that's because yeah. that's what the that's what they sing a lot. In the chorus. <laughs> yeah, the the dude at the beginning is gets just that real gravelly like classic blues. I don't even know who sings the original, like whatever the recorded version that they uh Let's that they do. But the um, theme right? theme from Peter Gunn would. <laughs> I just walk around with that playing in my head. Anytime I want to do anything cool, that just the it's just like yeah, yep. I totally understand all of that. Um, let me see. If... There was a video game. Okay, wait, wait a second. Hold on, I'm on the Wikipedia page for this right now. Uh, a Blues Brothers 2000 video game was released on the N64 on November 17th, 2000, two years after the film's release. The plot involves Elwood as the main character going through different chapters and levels while trying to save the kidnapped members of the band one by one. This should be the fucking movie. <laughs> like the film which it which it uh like the film on which it based and the video game based on the original film, it was poorly received. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh I gotta get a hold of this. This sounds awesome. Sorry, I, I was just like I, I saw I was looking to see who sang the original John the Re- Re- Revelator and that showed up and I was like, What is this? <laughs> a video game. That is awesome. And that and I'm reading directly from Wikipedia because I like to cite my sources. Um, so the traditional one, the opening was performed by Taj Mahal. Oh, okay. I'm All not right. ma- nope, not making it up. And I believe wait, I believe he's in the movie too. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm not lying to you. I am a hundred percent lying to you. He is not in the movie. <laughs> He just sang the opening credit, that opening song. That's awesome. So, I, like, so I say, oh, okay. I, I've, I've, I've heard of Taj Mahal. Um, I worked in a record store for like six years, so like, a lot of even if I've not like listened to them, a lot of names sound familiar because like I have put the CDs on a shelf and I've seen their, their names, you know. So, okay, high fidelity. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other songs, or is it just? That's probably it. Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. (laughs) Well, Kevin, on that note, we're done. We did it. We can. We can. Made it. We can 100% black out this movie. We did it. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Uh, Well, see, but I I have to. I have to hold on to it until I post my review, and then I can be done with it. Well, I mean, 
hopefully I'll schedule you, it now. I'll just schedule it now and be done. Schedule it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what well, technology now? Yeah. Or or at least have it saved somewhere and like set a reminder to be like, oh right, I have to post this. Uh yeah. maybe I'll change uh, it to a one out of five. I don't know. Hey. After our discussion, I I don't know. Well, okay, so you said the music and Erica Badu deserved we'll, like, we'll round it up to the one star. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like yeah. three quarters. Yeah. Marinate. Marinate on it. I'll marinate on it. Yeah. Uh, in suspense. Well, what do you have to plug or promote? Uh, you know, I've got my uh, Instagram is where I'm most active at Kevin Watches Movies. Very uh, creative and, uh, you know, idea for a name there. Uh, <laughs> noun followed by verb followed by noun. Noun. Uh, yes. Oh. Kevin watches movies. Uh, I do have a website, kevinwatchesmovies.com. Uh, maybe I'll have it updated by the time this airs. Uh, are we'll see you? About that. Are you? Do you only post on Instagram, or are you also on Letterboxd? Uh, I have a Letterboxd. I don't really use it um, because uh, I I only post uh, reviews for the clout. Uh, so that's why I, that's why I'm on the gram. <laughs> I mean. I, I I love your reviews too. Um, Thank you. That that means a lot. Um, I can't I can't think of one off the top of my head that I that I actually like. I don't even I don't even remember like how I reached out. I just I think I just reached out to you, be like, you like movies, I like movies. Let's talk about movies. Let's do it. And honestly, I love that. Uh, nothing like so. You know, I do this for fun, and so anytime anybody like reaches out to me and is like, hey. I saw this. I liked it. Whatever. The fact that you've invited me, like you've you've thought enough of my creative endeavor to invite me onto your creative endeavor. Oh means yeah, because the absolute world to me. Because like I understand the work you put into like doing all of your <laughs> posts. No, I'm serious. Like it's a lot. It's a lot to like make sure everything's centered and you have the right the right thing and be like, oh, it's four and a half. Fuck me. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I understand. I'm being brethren. <laughs> uh, which I we're gonna have you come back. Oh, that'd be. But, but I think I'm gonna have you because this time I picked this one for you because I was like, oh, I have a slot that I need to fill. Uh, hey, you, let's let's have you, and we'll figure it out. But next time you pick, how's that sound? Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. I have an idea actually. Awesome. Let me finish, and we can talk off air uh Fantastic. Off ca- or off camera as we as you will um if you i don't know if you actually really liked blues brothers 2000 and can create a solid argument as to why you liked it great i love to hear it uh you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at buttersongpod okay so clearly this is gonna air at, way after us recording but if you agree that Kevin should have it as a one star though, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Victor Victoria because pride. Welcome to pride segment, everyone. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for letting me force you to watch this garbage. Yeah. I, and let it be clear. When I asked Kevin to come on, I did tell him it's a terrible movie so <laughs> and we're having fun and no malice everyone but like i did pitch it to him being like this is a bad one i yeah. hope you like it 
<laughs> you were honest. And, you know, sometimes you got to watch a bad movie to really appreciate the good ones. Oh, I have a really terrible movie that I need you to watch. That is so good. <laughs> uh, well, but everyone, thank you for listening and bye for now. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.